0: You know, um, how will the financials be handled? Um, does Chris's debt become Chris's and Christine debt? <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Good point. Right. We talked about that. Yeah. And now coming to you from the K2 studios in San Diego, California, it's the world famous Chris and Christine show. Hey, what's happened, everybody? How you guys doing today? I am Chris,
2: and I'm Christine, and welcome to episode fifty-seven of the Chris and Christine Show. Doo, 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 doo.
1: Oh, that as it brings up a good old fantastic. It is Saturday. It is in the afternoon or early evening, as you like to say.
2: And it's only seventy-five degrees in this house with
1: no air conditioning. No, it's
2: seventy-five outside. Well, right.
1: But uh, our house, if you don't remember, it is missing the air conditioning unit, the HVAC system, as it were. And so we are doing this, the old California air, which happens to be rolling the windows down or actually up. <laughs> opening down. the
2: windows up. But it's nice and cool today in East County, San Diego, So we've been enjoying a marathon day of podcasting, getting ready to, well, we recorded a couple interviews, uh, one that we were on, one that we hosted somebody else on, and we're just plowing through the day. And
1: now it comes to the main event,
2: the main event,
1: which is our official podcast. So thank you for listening to our show. Did
2: you say official? Official. official
1: official 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 whatever why are you teasing me on this thing my goodness <laughs> but anyways thank you for listening i appreciate this well christine does too right
2: yes i appreciate you all thank you for joining us so christine uh,
1: what has been happening in your world this week
2: well a big celebration on friday thursday friday thursday wednesday yes, thursday Monday? no <laughs> Christmas? Okay. Make up a day. Thursday afternoon, I successfully defended my dissertation proposal, which means I am officially considered a doctoral candidate and I can move into the last lap of my degree in preparation for graduation in the spring semester. That is
1: fan fantastic amazing good job babe
2: thank you, I, you know, I,
1: she was so nervous i oh, remember hearing her because she did this thing via zoom on the computer and she couldn't get her headphones to work so she was in the oh hashtag buy, uh, back up a little bit we are actually in a hotel room still still hashtag hotel living yes hashtag hotel living but right now we're in the back of the house but previously last week when we were in the hotel during and the, we still
2: are at the hotel we're just here for right now
1: Right. So back at the hotel, Christine had the meeting for her uh, dissertation thing and she was doing it on Zoom on her computer, but she did not have her headphones. They couldn't get to work. So she was doing it. I could hear and it's a hotel. Hotels aren't very big. The rooms aren't. So she was in there doing her whole like thing. and I'm sitting here on the other computer looking at some stuff and I heard everything that was going Hello. on at one point I thought I was getting kind of worried because he did start saying some negative stuff about your chapter 3 we didn't line up with chapter 1 or something like that and I was like uh oh this doesn't look good because it didn't (laughs) sound very good and I was like I'm gonna give you space so I walked into the next bedroom and I just hung out in the bedroom watched YouTube on my tablet and just kind of um, vegged out over there while Christine was doing her thing and then once they went through their process she had to wait for them to get back to her to respond whether she passed or did not pass and that was probably very nerve wracking for you wasn't it?
2: It was a But what's so funny is you were so nervous. You were sitting there and you were like looking at me. I could see you from my peripheral vision that you were watching me and you were listening to every word they said. And then you then you were like staring at me with the look, like, oh my gosh, this is not going good. And I was taking it as, oh, this is the normal feedback that you get on a dissertation proposal defense. And you were just so nervous that you just had to like get up and walk out. And I was totally fine with it. I mean, I knew what they were going to say because it's very common when you're chapter one and you're chapter three, you write them in completely different semesters. And so sometimes it's hard to connect them. Uh, and it's an easy fix.
1: Well, I, I was getting kind of worried for you, babe, and I really, really was. And it almost sounded to me like a job interview. <laughs> like, are you going to get the job or not? And <laughs> like, the re- Interview's gone bad. <laughs> well, not just that. It's like, it's like, if you ever go to an interview and then they start poking holes in all of like your credentials and things you've done? Or why did you leave this company? The truth is you really got <laughs> fired for stealing something, but you don't want to tell them that. So you're like, we had a disagreement on what was free at the store or something, but you want to be like, and they're like poking holes in your whole stuff. And but you- that's
2: the purpose of this, that that's why it's called a defense is because you have to be able to defend why you did it. And so you go in there saying, I have to know, that's why I was studying and reading up ahead of time to see like where my gaps were. And if you remember, the very first thing I said is, oh, I identified two holes That need to be fixed. Now,
1: if you didn't say that, what would happen?
2: Oh, they probably would have just brought it up.
1: And you would have said what you said.
2: Right, right. But um, when you stepped out of the room, it was interesting because one of the professors that's on my committee said, uh, I was even more uh, detail-oriented in your revisions because I know the quality of work you produce and what you expect of yourself. And she even said, like... She is a little bit harder on me because they know what I'm capable of and that made me feel really good because I'm working with three professors that I've had and I really really respect. And so any feedback they give me, I know that it's coming from the best possible place to help me have a really high quality research study.
1: Well, that is that is fantastic. I'm so proud of you babe. That is amazing. Thank you know, you. I put you on such a higher level. A big pedestal because, like, I look up to you. You are like a unicorn in my world.
2: You know? Aww.
1: You know, Did I you mean. Did you just
2: say that? You yeah. called me your unicorn? That's so cute.
1: It is very cute. But but better than that. He, hear me out here, though, babe. What Christine is doing with her doctorate and all of her stuff, Christine literally, if she wanted to, not she's going to, but if she wanted to, someday she literally could run for office. Um, governor, mayor, president, you name it. Because of all of the stuff that she has built in her whole background right, babe?
2: Yeah, you know, I do have a background in political science, too. And I, in my college experience, I interned for a state senator. And that's something that I'm super passionate about. I don't know if I want to go that exact route. But my philosophy is I want to give myself the option to pursue anything that my heart desires. And so, I seek out education and training that gives me the widest array of options.
1: Right. It's like uh, another – it's like you're a Swiss Army knife and you got more little knives in there <laughs> to pull out of. Like, check this out. This is my big doctorate knife. It's more like a machete. It pulls out everything. <laughs> that that's what you're going to use to chop down whatever uh, stuff gets in your way. But I think that is amazing. And being that you're going to be soon called Dr. Christine, do you like the way that sounds?
2: Um, well, I like the Dr. Smith.
1: Oh, I'm already Doctor Smith. You're Dr. <laughs> no, you're Lord
2: Christopher. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're Lord Christopher, and I, you know, I like Doctor Shipman Smith. I think I'm going to hyphenate it, and we've talked about that before because my professional credentials are in my um, my maiden name, Shipman, and so uh, I like Doctor Shipman Smith, and I am excited about it. I have six weeks left of this semester. And then the next semester is all focused on the action planning part.
1: So, is this the hardest part, or is you going to be harder next next round?
2: Um, after this semester ends, when I'm really going through my research and analysis, that's when it gets really heavy. But I don't have as big of a course load during that time. My goal—I'm crossing my fingers—my goal is to finish before my birthday in March.
1: Oh, that'll be great. Is that, is that usually how it works? Is everything going to a, a plan or a course, or curriculum that happens on a certain timeline?
2: Well, I want to finish my dissertation and defend it by March, but that doesn't give me very much time. Uh, COVID set me back. Arr, um, COVID. I Arr. know. My, co- my COVID funk, that's what I call it, where I kind of got in my head too much, kind of held me up a little bit. But yeah, I think that I'm, I'm doing pretty good in terms of being on track and the next couple of months are really important, but I don't think I told you my semester at school ends the week before the wedding.
1: Wow. That's something to celebrate about. I know. We have like double celebration. So we had to get banners out just for that now too, right?
2: Well, I get a break. Congratulations, (laughs) Christine. Well, this first semester of the year, but I get a break from November 15th until like January 15th, honey.
1: Wow. Well, you know what? It's funny you say that. I actually get a, two breaks coming up myself. I know, Mr. I get, vacation. I, I just found out that I'm taking a vacation next month, being October. I get a vacation and then I get another vacation in November. I should take a vacation every every month of the year. I should just do that for fun. That would be so fun. And by the way, as I tell you this, Christine, next year coming up, I'm going, I get, I think I have like six weeks of vacation or something like that. I am going to plan on taking as many weeks vacation as I can.
2: I love that. I love vacation, Chris, and weekend, Chris. Yeah, That's my favorite version of you. I love
1: weekend, Chris, too. It's more <laughs> like laid back, not stressed out, just gonna like whatever happens, happens. And especially vacation, Chris, too, you know, uh, it's great. And so, like I said, I will be taking vacation before my birthday, end of October, or it's middle of October. It's the week of October. I'm going on vacation. Yeah,
2: the, the week of the 20th. But what's interesting is you'll be on vacation and I won't be. So we'll see how that goes.
1: What? I told you, take it off.
2: I can't. You? I have to take off for the wedding. Well, Marissa, I'm taking the wedding off too. I'm taking both off. I, I don't ca- get as much vacation as you, yes, lucky you, duck.
1: Whatever. I don't. Whatever.
2: Um, but the other thing that's been happening this past week is I was sick. And so I've been recovering. I had a nasty sinus infection and actually was off of work. All week long trying to recover. I still have a a little bit of a fever today, but I'm doing okay.
1: Oh, I'm glad you're feeling better. Let me get you some medicine. I got some of that uh, generic Tylenol from Costco. You want some of that stuff? (laughs) I
2: took some already, but, you know, it was just kind of like moving everything in the garage back together. Speaking of which, my, my little fever just kind of wore me out today.
1: Well, speaking of the garage, we actually got the garage, the construction crew finished putting all the drywall back together. They painted everything, put the doors back, and now the garage, we're just kind of going through it and putting everything kind of back in its corner where everything kind of goes back against the wall. The workbench back where it goes, although I can't find half the stuff I'm looking for. (laughs) Like today, I'm trying to find a staple gun. Staple gun. I don't know where it is. It's got to be in the workbench somewhere, and I'm tearing the thing apart. I can't find it. I don't know where anything is. But um, so the next big project that I do at the house here is actually bring in the HVAC water, the um, air conditioning system and install it and turn it on. That's the last major thing other than the flooring, of course.
2: Right. And then after that, uh, we're just crossing our fingers that we're going to be able to really gear up uh, for focusing on the wedding. Chris and I this week, well, Chris has his big DMV test this week. And then we go on the first to get our marriage license. And then we really want to be able to focus on. Wait,
1: wait, wait. The 1st of October or November?
2: 1st of October. We're getting
1: a marriage license that early? I thought you get in November.
2: No, you get it 90 days ahead of time. You
1: do? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, you can I get it up to this...
2: 90 days ahead of time. This
1: is why you marry a beautiful woman like Christine uh-huh. that knows this stuff because I would be so lost and confused on what to do and how to do it.
2: Well, once we cross these last couple of hurdles this next week, then we're going to be able to really focus in for the next several weeks on mentally preparing ourselves for marriage. Right, Chris? Well
1: what's that like mentally preparing yourself for marriage
2: i don't know i think that we're just gonna have to you know really dig into preparing our relationship to take this next big step and i think that this week's guest that we have we've had a great conversation with him about that and what that relationship preparation is like don't you think
1: absolutely and we will have him on the show right after this hey there k2 crew we love having you as our loyal listeners
2: To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can
1: find us on Instagram and Twitter.
2: And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah,
1: tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show.
3: Once every harvest moon, a talk show comes along that is so groundbreaking, raising the bar to such heights that other podcasts step back and say, wow, that show's got it figured out. With a host tempered in focus, commitment, and sheer will, this is The Derek Duvall Show. Pop culture, news, and interviews with fascinating people that channel the great Edward R. Murrow and Walter Cronkite. The Derek Duvall Show. Find him on Twitter and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show, and find his new episodes every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podchaser. The Derek Duvall Show. The best thing to happen to hump Day since the Geico camel.
1: What, what? Okay, everybody, and welcome back. And I don't know if I ever told you guys is that the Chris and Christine Show happens to be part of a podcasting network. That network is Podbreed. Woo-hoo. You can find them at the podbreed, podbreed.com. And along the network, there's other fantastic podcasts. And today, our guest happens to be the host of the X&Y Show. Please welcome to the show, Roosevelt. Roosevelt.
0: How you doing? How you doing? Hey there, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain.
2: Well, welcome to the show, Roosevelt. We're so excited to have you. And what part of the world are you joining us from today?
0: I am joining you from the sunny, hot Miami, Florida. Wow, Miami. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's awesome. What's
1: what's the weather like over there? It's got to be hot, right?
0: Very hot. (laughs) Uh, if If you listen to my show, you know I hate being hot. So, uh, you know, it's hot here all the time. So it's hot today. It's going to be hot tomorrow. It's going to be hot all week.
2: Now, is it like a dry heat or is it humid because you're by the ocean?
0: No, it's very humid. So yeah. you can uh, you know, cut it open with a knife, you know. Ugh.
1: Wow. Yeah. Are you guys yeah. have
0: hurricanes? Is there a hurricane going on right now? Uh, but not at this moment, surprisingly. Um, But <laughs> but to give it a week or so, it might be two out there. So.
2: And what area of Miami do you live in?
0: Um, it would be south a south southern suburb of the city. Um, yeah.
2: Okay, cool. So I went to Miami just a couple of summers ago. I took my son with me. We were catching a cruise when it was safe to cruise and
3: we went to,
2: um, South Beach. Is that what it's called? South Beach in Miami. Uh That was a really nice area. Uh, is that a place that you visit it very often?
0: Uh, not very often because very expensive, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you know, so uh, I don't go there too often. But yeah, I have parted over there a few times. It's a very happening spot.
2: Yeah, definitely. We went to this area called Española Way, I think is what it was called, and had a great dinner there. But it was like one of those, we could go there for one evening, and then it was like, yeah, blew right. the dining budget for a couple days. <laughs>
1: oh, is, is it very expensive?
0: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everywhere is, in South Beach is uh, astronomical expensive.
1: Wow. Is that where all the the pricey like townhome penthouses are, overlooking the ocean in that area? Yep, that's it.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, wow.
1: How's yours doing? How's your your penthouse doing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't have one yet, but as soon as I get one, I'll let you know.
2: Oh, thanks. Awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us all the way from Miami, Florida. And as Chris Mm -hmm. mentioned, we're really excited to have you on the show today. Um, We know that you happen to be in our podcast network, but why don't you share with our listeners a little bit more about your background and who you are?
0: Okay. Well, um, my day job, um, I was an accountant for uh, 15 years. Um, went to school. I have four degrees. Wow. Right? And, uh, you know, got a little burnt out from accounting. So now I'm, you know, taking it easy a little bit. Now I'm a librarian, believe it or not.
1: <laughs> a librarian?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, is the, is the libraries open? Uh, but there are. We just opened up. Two weeks ago, full time. So we were doing curbside service. Okay. Um, You know, basically where the customers can pick up their books and we'll bring it to them and that kind of thing. But now they, they they're actually allowed to come back in the library. So we just started that.
2: So are you at like a public library or a university library?
0: Uh, Right now I'm at a public library. Um, I think that's where I would like to stay um, because of the um, opportunity to uh, move up faster, you know?
2: Yeah, that's. That's awesome. I've heard. So there was this misconception when I was younger that librarians were just more like a receptionist. But I've learned that you have <laughs> to have like degrees and like know about research and stuff to be you a librarian, do?
0: right? <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that's that's my fourth degree um, was actually a master's in library science. No so, uh, way. Yeah. You have to have a master's degree to be a librarian. Yeah.
1: The only library that I know of is that uh, one in the beginning of the movie Ghostbusters, where the lady goes down to the basement and all like the, the the books start flying everywhere and the ghost scares are <laughs> Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you guys, do you guys still use those old file type things like that? Or is everything on the computer?
0: No, everything's on the computer now. You're talking about the card index. Uh, right, that, right, right. Yeah, that went I, out years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you've been, you have been have been a Liberia. Wow. I know, ever since the internet, you know. <laughs> well, I, you
2: get mad props from me, Roosevelt, because I don't know if you've listened to our show, but I've shared several times. I'm in my final year of my doctorate, and I'm working on oh. my dissertation and just finished my literature review. And, you know, going through all of the different... Pieces of literature, and then having to request things from my university library, and there's just so much to it that there's yeah. like that people just don't even realize, right?
0: Right, right. It's 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 a lot to go that goes into it, and you it really it, it's kind of like um, a lot of people get left behind because you have to be kind of computer savvy, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, right. to keep up with it. Because if you're not, you're going to be left behind. So.
1: Right, right. Well, that's cool.
2: That, yeah, that's super interesting. I don't know if I think I have one friend in my program that is a librarian, but I don't know if I've ever, no offense not to stereotype, met a male librarian. <laughs> so that's what just made you decide to go into that?
0: Um, well, I wanted to something that's a little bit more relaxing, you know, um, and I wanted to, you know, I figure with my accounting background and I have an MBA that later on I can move into administration um, and make, you know, bigger decisions on uh, the librarian, how they interact with the community and so forth. So, you know, I always wanted to do it like a change of pace, you know, and then this was perfect for me. Well, that's good because
1: uh, some some people are really. Um, I mean, I don't know what they're doing. You know, staying at home, they're going nuts. You know, I mean, I'm glad you're out there. You're actually back into work. That's great.
2: And getting people books and different types <laughs> of pieces of literature in their hands so that they can keep learning even while they're at home and sometimes out of work, right?
0: Indeed, indeed. That's
1: that's what that's what I'm there to do.
2: That's awesome. Do you guys
1: have a sign on the, on the front of the building that says uh, more books, less uh, TikTok? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <we>
2: don't. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good one, Chris, but so if you are a librarian Roosevelt, is it safe to assume that you enjoy reading?
0: Uh yes, I do. Um it depends. Um I try to read uh topics that are relevant. I don't usually focus on the genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so um, you know, but I do like to read. It has to be exciting and intriguing to me
2: is there something that you've been reading in particular that you would recommend to our listeners?
0: Um, I, I read the last book I read was the life of Maurice white and the earth, wind of fire. He talks about uh, uh, what it took to start earth, when of fire is my favorite band, by the way. So wow. Check that yeah. out. Yeah. So awesome. That was a very good. And it, it, he says some things in the book that I didn't even know. And I thought I was a ultimate fan and I didn't know a lot of things. So um, that's a very good book. If you like music, I would recommend that. Um, the, the Life of Earth, Wind & Fire by Maurice White.
2: That sounds like a fantastic book. And speaking about liking music, I was listening to one of your podcast episodes this week, and I hear <laughs> that you are a potential breakthrough <laughs> pop star that just, you know, hasn't dedicated his energy towards that yet would that be true
0: that's true you know i I haven't been discovered yet you know i'm waiting to be discovered so
2: well what is your (laughs) musical style for your own singing preference
0: um it would probably be r&b you know um i try to uh stay slow and sexy so there you go (laughs) hey do you think you can give us a little taste a little sample (laughs) Uh, I, you know, my throat is a little sore
2: man. Me Oh man <laughs> Freezing under pressure, Roosevelt I was telling Chris I was listening to your little ditties on yours And I was like, I'm going to get him to sing something for us Maybe we'll do that There you go <laughs>
0: yeah my dude is a little under the weather right
2: now all right (laughs) we were gonna help you get discovered roosevelt here was your chance you know you could have had the big producer listening but that's okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's all good it's all good
2: so um when you say r&b is your type do you have like a specific uh type of year category because i know there's like the 1990s types of r&b there's the 1980s or is there like a specific artist that your style aligns with
0: um, it would it would definitely be the seventies. Um, I would say, and um, I would say um, my style would probably be uh, you know, I can sing baritone like Barry White, you know, I can sing falsetto like Philip Bailey, you know. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> now we gotta <laughs> hear
2: something. <laughs> Now, do you think like the current music really qualifies as R and B, like what's coming out right now? I know there's a lot of rap that's out, but true R and B, do you think that's happening right now?
0: No, Um, I think that uh, music of today is uh, well, you know, to each his own. You know, everybody, but for for me, um, I don't definitely don't like. Music of the day. Um, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's all studio.
1: It uh, is, isn't it? It's all synth- synthesized. You know, with that yeah. synthesizing voice they do, or that the reverb voice they do on the on the, and the Fake
2: instruments. Yeah, Well, yeah, yeah, well they've yeah. been that
1: for years, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
0: but nobody's singing anymore. You know, so.
2: Yeah, I've noticed that. Like, I was listening to some music my son had on uh, last night. We were driving through downtown San Diego looking for a place for dinner. And he's like, Mom, there's this really good rap. And I'm listening. I was like, where's the actual rapping? Like, (laughs) (laughs) all I I heard was a beat and, like, it was the clean version. Was it, like,
1: mumble words? Like, mumble talk? (laughs)
2: Some of it was, like, mumble talk. And then it was, like, you'd hear the silencing of the the profanity because right. it was a clean version and that's what i require him to listen to and so it's like it's like da, 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 you know whatever it is so yeah. um but i agree yeah. with you that some of the the music of the years past have has really kind of soothed my soul still
0: oh yeah yeah even even the 80s uh are it's pretty good area and the 90s too there was some still good music uh out there but today i don't know what uh I don't know what they're doing, Um, (laughs) but right. I
1: I think maybe we're just getting too old for this stuff.
0: You know. Now I see what my parents are talking about. (laughs) What are you listening to?
1: Say, Roosevelt, do you actually uh, play any instruments at all?
0: Um. Well, no. Um. I did play in junior high. I played the bass clarinet, and um, it's a funny thing. I wanted to play the bass guitar. Um, But the teacher that was teaching guitar was uh, not a nice guy. So, so I said, "Well, let me take the bass clarinet," you know, and um, right, you know, know, I just took it. But I really wish I would have stayed with it because, uh, you know, I think I I was I was actually pretty good. I was first chair, you know, um, so I was pretty good. But um, it's been. I'm talking over thirty years, so I probably couldn't tell you the difference now between (laughs) a bass treble and a treble. You know, so it's been a long time.
2: And it would be a little bit hard for you to make your breakout debut musically (laughs) if you're also playing the clarinet because your mouth would be occupied, right? right? So you just had to you know
0: choose. Yeah, you got to focus on one thing.
2: Right, the world needs your voice, not necessarily your current
1: <laughs> Right. Well, I, I bought a guitar myself during quarantine to play with it, but uh, I, don't ha- I don't know how to play either, but uh, I, I bought the thing just to have it, you know, that's kind of fun. And the kids like playing with we it. We call that
2: know? the secret serenade. Chris will like play it for me here and, you know, do a little ditty and I don't think... <laughs> I'll
1: make up songs as I, as I sing them, as I play them. <laughs> Whatever,
2: you know what? I I could see a potential um breakout group here between group. you and Roosevelt. <laughs> you know, Chris could be your background singer hey, and your guitarist. That sounds, great.
0: that sounds great. All he needs is a drummer. Now, uh, oh, that's me. Yeah, yeah, awesome. <laughs>
2: me and my son. We were Actually, drummers. Christine,
1: didn't you say you used to play drums yes. in high in high school? Or uh... yes.
2: Oh, oh, there yes, you go. All the way through college, yes. And my son plays the drums too. So there you go. We got a whole little band going on, our own Partridge family.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Wow, I haven't heard that in a long time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so all joking aside, Roosevelt, I mentioned Mm. that Chris and I have listened to your podcast. And it Mm. seems like you have a pretty heavy focus in your podcast on relationships. Would that be safe to say?
0: That would be safe to say, yes.
2: So where does that inspiration come from?
0: Well, um, you know, when I started this a uh, few years ago, um, I wanted to offer a recommendation, um, of a friend. He said, you know, you know, you should really do something, um, to go to school and be a psychiatrist or something in the relationships. Cause you give a lot of good advice. So I said, Yeah, you know, I wasn't doing that, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I say, if I wanted to do something, it had to be something that I enjoy. And, um, Talking about relationships and sex and men and women, how to interact with one another, that's something I enjoy, and it keeps me motivated. So that's why I went that route.
1: Are you uh, – is there a, a Mrs. Roosevelt in the uh, relationship situation? No, there
0: is not. <laughs> I don't have a wife. No,
2: no. That's all right. You don't have to have one to be an expert in the area. And Chris and I like to take our podcast in that same kind of approach where we view it almost as like couples therapy for us as we work through different topics around life and love and relationships. And so we thought we would bring you in this week and we would have a little three-part conversation as Chris and I are about two months away from getting married. And we thought... Oh. Why not just open it up and have a conversation?
0: Wow, congratulations. Thanks. Well, thank
1: you. The plan was Hawaii, but we had everything booked in Hawaii, like everything, the reservations, the, the place, all it was done, but COVID. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. Yeah, so we had to get all our money back, and the very last minute, some of the places weren't really giving our money back because we, I guess we could... We could get to the island, but what was the rules? Yet? We had to
2: quarantine for two weeks <laughs> two before they let us out of the room. Oh
1: uh,
0: yeah, it's no use of going. Yeah, exactly. And, and the ho- and I think the uh, the beaches were closed too. I think. Yeah, it, everything's
1: closed. So it's like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: that's that's like going to a beach but not being able to touch the sand or something.
1: Yeah, right, right. So we canceled the whole thing we're having it here in town because we're having it here in town. We got a discount on some place that we we're looking at doing because a lot of places. You make
2: it sound like it's like a uh, food for less wedding. For- Version. No, no, <laughs> no. no it,
1: it, it, Discount
2: it, weddings are it, us. It,
1: yeah, look them up. They're a good place. No, um, but but the thing was is that everything was so expensive before. And the funny thing is, we looked at Hawaii. Hawaii was cheaper. Because, than San Diego,
3: where yeah, we live. Right.
1: Well, they had, on the hotel property, they have a chapel and they have a whole like setup, a whole like service package, all mm-hmm. ready to go. And like every hour we were there, they were having a wedding, just spitting weddings out. Mm-hmm. Like, like every hour oh. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah.
2: So, so it was like a wedding factory. But we had, you know, <laughs> it was all going to be perfect. But you know what, we've pivoted, and we're doing great. But as we're getting ready to uh, get married, I mean, we've been living together for several months. But as we're getting ready to get married, um, we've had this conversation about like, what are the things that we need to talk about that couples tend to not talk about before they get married? And we wanted to pick your brain about that. Like, what are those essential things that you think every couple should discuss before walking down the aisle?
0: Hmm, okay. Um, I would say one of the main things definitely is the financials. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how will the financials be handled? Um, does Chris's debt become Chris's and Christine debt? <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, good point.
1: Right. We talked about that. Yeah.
2: You yeah. Know? The financial stuff, I think lots of people don't talk about, there's assumptions made about, Oh, well it's what yours, what's yours is mine and what's mine is mine. And mm-hmm. then you get a year into the marriage and
0: it's yeah. too late. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's something I definitely think that everyone should talk about and and not just, you know, what you're coming in with, um, you know, what, how the financial is going to be handled after you get married, you know, um, I, I don't know if you two make about the same amount of money, but, you know, you know, is Chris is going to take care of 90 percent or is Christine going to take care of 70 percent? Or how's what's the breakdown Or Christine's going to just do the groceries and, and Chris is going to handle the, the utilities, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so uh, that's something that uh, I think a couple should talk about as well. You know, uh, that's, that's very important.
2: Yeah, I agree. So Chris and I, it's our second marriage for both of us, but we went through situations, each of us, I don't want to speak for you, Chris, but in my situation, um, there was a lot of financial mismanagement on the part of my former spouse. And so I have a lot of, I would say, like trauma related to finance. And so it's something that we've had to like Put at the forefront of our relationship pretty early on, right, Chris?
1: Right. You told me that your ex-husband like hid a lot of stuff, right? So he hid a lot of the um, finances and all that stuff you weren't aware of. Right. So I sure that happens with couples mm. too, where, where one side doesn't share with the other side. So both sides should really be open and really know what's going on with the household expenses. Right.
2: Yeah. So before we decided to join households, we sat down with all of the household expenses and created a, a Google sheet. To say, like, hmm. what are the expenses and then, like, what's our family entertainment budget for the month and um, how do we want to handle it? Are we going to combine checking accounts? Are we not? We did something that some people might find very controversial and we made the decision to keep our finances completely separate. And then I just give Chris a set amount every month for the household.
0: Hmm. Yeah. We just- and, uh, and can I ask, why did you decide on that route? I'm just curious. Well, we're not. We're first off, we're not married yet. Yeah. So, so that's one reason. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So one of the things was we we did we wanted to keep it separate in that way, but also, um, for me, I again part of it is past trauma. Like my previous spouse left me not just high and dry, but with mountains of debt, and so I think yeah. there's some insecurity around that about like giving somebody that much control over my finances.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely would understand that um you know that's why a lot of women that i've talked to and you know, from women that i know um feels the same way that they don't want to be in that situation again so they're more uh you know strict on their financials
2: yeah so knowing that you've talked with lots of people from about relationships what's your perspective on prenuptial agreements
0: you know it's funny you asked me that because uh, i did a show about that uh I think a couple weeks ago or mm-hmm. something like that and um before I did the show, I used to believe that if you're not rich, then, you know, prenuptial agreement is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You know, but, you know, and doing some research, you know, and actually knowing someone, you know, when they, had, when they got divorced, the wife was actually able to get money from his 401k, and i was like what you know i didn't, I didn't know that they can touch that he said yes i just...
1: found out i found out the hard way yes uh, i had to split my 401k with my ex-wife when i split up yeah all, all of yeah. them it. it's anything well here I, it goes state to state it's different but
2: you didn't have a prenup though right
1: no of course not i actually brought it up to
2: her i brought it up
1: to her at the beginning just like a joke like i can't do a prenup and she got so mad and so offended <laughs> Yeah, you know, that would ask her that. But she had nothing coming. She brought nothing, and I had my house, car, I had everything, and she had nothing. So, for me, I was like, kind of feel like I'm protecting my stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. So
0: yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, now the way you ask me, I definitely believe that it has to be addressed because um, you know, you know, unfortunately, things don't work out sometimes, and um, you know, I think that couples have to prepare themselves for the worst. You know, you know, that's just um, I think that's just fair. You know, it has to be discussed.
2: Yeah, I I heard one perspective on it from a couple that, of course, they don't intend to get divorced, but they said it was a engaging in developing a prenuptial agreement and signing on to it was um, a gesture of respect to one another. Like, I respect and value what you bring to the relationship and you respect and value what I bring in. And we're here for each other and the love we have and not about what we can benefit from financially. And I thought I really liked that. Now, Chris and I, we haven't actually gone down that route. Um, We haven't actually really talked about that for the last few months. Have we?
0: Uh Oh,
1: (laughs) Oh, not yet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Interesting topic. Uh, So finances is one of those things people need to talk about before they walk down the aisle. What else do you think we should, or every couple should have conversations about before saying I do?
0: Um, well, uh, I think that um, like you, you have kids. You have a son. I heard you mention. I don't know if, um, and I think Chris, you have children too as well, right?
1: Yeah, I have two kids. You're
0: younger. Okay. So, what are your ideas on, um, you know, discipline uh, as far as children goes? Uh, Do you guys have the same idea, or uh, uh, you know, I'm 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 speaking generally, you know, because some people believe uh, there should be a timeout. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, some people believe in spankings, you know. So, right. Right. So I think that's definitely something that um, you know should be discussed as well. Which is one of the reasons why I don't. And I'm not saying that I don't uh, date women with, with kids, but if it's a preference, um, I stay away from that because uh, that is something that I really don't want to deal with. Um, you know how to, uh, you know, because I believe in certain things, and if she don't, that could definitely cause a problem
1: oh with like the child like how to discipline the child
0: stuff correct like that? correct yeah
2: yeah we we have to have constant conversations around that because chris's two boys are with us more than my son my son's um sophomore in high school spends the weekdays with his dad um because he they live in a different part of the state where he goes to school and but there is uh, frequent conversations like when something happens like okay how are we going to tackle this? Because we don't – well, we don't do spankings. The kids are 8, 10, and 15. But mm-hmm. um, you know, there's times when I'll say, Chris, I really need you to handle this situation with the boys. And we try to continue to talk about it. But I think that you're right. When you bring kids together and <laughs> different parenting styles and backgrounds, if you don't talk about it, it could be a disaster.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. That could be the – I, you know, the cause of uh, a breakup, actually. I mean, it could go that far. Um, I've seen it. So that's something definitely every couple should talk about.
2: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And I think that one of the things that we've been negotiating or figuring out is how to help the kids get along because they're alpha oh, males. Oh
1: my goodness.
2: They're alpha males. Lots of <laughs> yeah. testosterone because we have 3 boys between us. And, and they all wow. want to be
1: the best. They yeah, all and, they all want to. They all want to, you know.
2: And my son is used to being an only child and Chris's oldest is used to being the oldest. And so, uh yeah, it's <laughs> and it's changed birth order so my son's now the oldest. And I think that that's not something people like take into account is how that dynamic changes things
1: yeah the two oldest ones seem to seem to bicker quite a bit you know the youngest one seems to get along with the uh, christine's kid my youngest does really well and there's a big age gap how mm-hmm. big like what uh seven year age gap yeah
2: seven years mm-hmm. yeah oh, okay. okay. and
1: they yeah. get along great you know so i don't know
2: <laughs> all right so finances and parenting and discipline what else mm-hmm.
0: roosevelt uh i would say um Well, children. Um, You know, maybe does Chris, uh, I'm speaking generally, Uh, Mm -hmm. maybe Chris want another daughter (laughs) (laughs) or something.
3: Baby factory is closed,
2: Chris, I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, you know. I'll buy you another turtle. (laughs)
0: uh, Well, it's good, though, that you guys discussed that because a lot of times. Couples get together and, you know, they're on those different pages. Right. You know, you know I want kids and he he doesn't want kids and they find out too late, you know, and then right. what do you right. do?
2: Right. I think that if for first marriages, you know, a lot of times people will talk about that up front, like, I want kids, I don't want kids. In second marriages, sometimes people assume that, you know, like for me, I would just assume that anybody sees that I have a 15-year-old and would assume that I don't want any more children, but... You know that might not be the right assumption.
0: Yeah, that's not because I I, I don't think that way. So, uh, <laughs> <you> <laughs> know, so if I meet a woman, you know, and, and only because I've met women that has had teenagers and mm-hmm. they still have you know them getting pregnant, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah, each woman you know. is different, you know. So
1: right, right. Well, how do you feel about that? About the teen pregnancy? Like, say you're say you're dating with somebody and they've got a kid and that kid's got a kid. That's, that's a mess altogether.
2: I, oh, no, well, I, he was talking about the person that he dated having a kid, not about their kid having a kid, Chris. Oh, well, I, I'm, I'm, go, I'm going to the chain. <laughs> Let's stay on point. Let's stay on point. Okay, okay. I'm just
1: getting, throwing a scenario out there. <laughs> You're a nut.
2: Um, you know, these are really good topics. Anything else, Roosevelt, that we should be discussing or any couple should be discussing before they walk down the aisle?
0: Uh, I would say religion is a, is a good topic as well. Um, for example... Um speaking generally, you know, Chris might be Jewish
3: mm-hmm. and
0: Christine might be uh uh Baptist. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to raise the kids? Are you going to raise them for the Jewish background or a Baptist background? You know, that's very important as well. Uh in today's world especially, you know. So
2: I agree. I think even within, because we are, we both identify as Christians, but even within that, there's lots of different denominations. And like, what church are we going to go to? I made the decision to uh, start going to Chris's church with him, but it's, you know, sometimes I still don't feel like I fit there. So then, what's the plan after that if one person's not feeling connected? Like, is that going to drive a wedge when Chris has been there since the kids were born? So, Mm -hmm. definitely good conversations to have.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Also, I want to add one thing. Um, I think that a conversation should be had with the exes as well. Um, oh, and, and, yeah. I, I, mean, I know that can be difficult sometimes. But tell you know, us you more, to...
3: Roosevelt. Preach. Oh
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> that's a sore, sore subject. No, here. it's not
2: sore, but t-
1: it's sore <laughs> to me because you yell at me
0: all the time. So.
2: <laughs> Impart your wisdom to us, Roosevelt. Chris is listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, you have to. Um, you have to. You, Communicate with the exes, you know, because, you know, even if it's not desired, but they are a part of the family, you know, I mean, especially you share kids together, um, they're part of the scenario as well. So you have to communicate with them and find out where they are, um, if they are against it, or are they going to be a problem? And that's right. fine, right. you know, but you just, at least you'll know, okay, I'm going to, you know, Stan's going to be a problem um, you know, and this is how we're going to have to deal with him, or, you know, Felicia's going to be a problem, you know, or they're going to be great. You know, we're going to co parent and it's going to be a great Brady bunch, you know. So, yeah. Well, we, we, we
1: try, you know, it's not easy because uh, yeah. uh, Christine over here is, uh,
2: don't my- say I'm a jealous person. Oh, well, I would
1: say that. You said no, that. No, I would
2: say that, you know, we listened to your <laughs> we listened to one of your last podcast episodes and you were talking about the role of the ex and unan- oh. unan- unannounced visits over to yes. the house. And that's yes. I think um where there's some challenges is if there's an unannounced visit from a scantily clad ex.
1: A what? A what now? What'd you say?
2: <laughs> An ex that is wearing short shorts and asking you to check them out. You know, that's a sore subject for me. <laughs> oh. Oh.
0: <laughs> We're getting into it now.
3: Maybe <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I
0: should I, interview you guys. <laughs> <today>. <laughs>
3: no,
2: so definitely ex relationships. Um, so, what would be your advice yeah. for people? Like, how do they approach that conversation?
0: Um, well, you know, different. Strokes for different folks, but I think for me, um, I would sit down with the person, uh, like a a group or intervention, uh, would like maybe with you, Christine's uh, or Chris's ex, and you know, you talk amongst the three of you, and you know, you hash out some things that is not acceptable, like you know, coming over, um, in, in some shorts, uh, <laughs> and that kind of thing, and unannounced, so and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And you announce some things and she might get out some things that she's not comfortable with, you mm-hmm. know? So everyone gets everything out. And the, the important thing is you communicate, you know? And I think once you communicate, you find out which is not acceptable to one person and which is not acceptable to the other person. And, and it should be better. You know, it's not guaranteed. Yeah, You know, I mean, that's just life. You know, sometimes situations are never going to get good, but I think there should be at least an effort. Yeah.
1: And I think so, you mentioned in your podcast when they, when they use the kids as like the crutch. I always come over because the kids are, are – I'm visiting the kids. They
0: use the kids, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. And it's hard to, it's hard to combat because, you know, how are you going to say, you know, you can't come? You know, you see your kids, uh, you know, how you do that, you know? It was, so it's, it's a real sticky situation.
2: Right. Now, fortunately, in our dynamic, I get along decently well with Chris's former spouse. He's only met my ex, I think, twice. And it was like two minute conversations because he lives 350 miles away. But, you know, we do interact with um, his boy's mom on a pretty regular basis. So, it's just oh. those those certain incidences that just cross over the line. Oh, you about
1: the time that she rode her bike over here with uh, the kids and just showed up all of a sudden.
2: And then she showed <laughs> up in super short daisy dukes and said, "I've just lost, you know, XYZ amount of pounds, Chris. How do you think I look?" And, he her, and I'm upstairs working and I'm like, "No." <laughs> okay, and then his response was, "Really? You did?" <laughs> and she said, she's like, a few, a few. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, that wasn't nice, Chris." And you know, that's not what we recommend. But you know, you did have a good comeback. It's just what we are working on in general is for all kinds of relationships is setting healthy boundaries. I think that's what right. we're really yeah. Working and that's
1: towards. not it's not it's easier said than done. You know, it, it really yes, is. Yes, yes, all this stuff yes. is really yeah, especially yes. when you have
2: kids involved and mm-hmm. you know other households, and it's just kind of constantly a flexible situation where, you yeah. know, you just have to be Gumby.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you do. I mean, especially with you two, I can imagine, you know, you it's one thing getting married again, but you're bringing kids into the fold. Uh, So that's a different uh, scenario in itself, you know, it's how those kids going to interact with each other, you know, how the kid's going to interact with Chris or Christine full time, you know, it's right. one thing. Staying in different households, but are under one roof—that's a whole different story. So,
1: like today, they're all here today, and our house is extremely hot. Our air conditioning unit has been removed from the house. Last, we had
0: a
2: flood. That's why.
1: Yeah, Uh, our uh, water heater blew, and it uh, it flooded the entire like downstairs garage, the air conditioning unit, everything. So they had to rip all that out. So right now we're actually hotel living right now. Um, we got a we got a hotel. <laughs> living but- in
2: hotel, California. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> There's a throwback yeah. for you.
1: Yeah, the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, so right now we're actually in the at the house where it's super, super hot right now. Where the
2: studio is, yeah. So <laughs> but the kids are doing well downstairs, keeping themselves That's occupied good. so that we could be here with you. And speaking of that, we would love for you to tell us. Uh, where people can find your podcast and maybe talk about some of the highlights from your show that people should tune in for.
0: Um, yeah, they can find me. I'm on Twitter, at um, The XY Show. I'm on Instagram, X underscore Y underscore show. And you can find everything at my website, www.thexyshow.com. And pretty much I, um, things I have coming down the pipe, um, the more interviews. And um, that's something that I would love to get into. So I'm working on that as well um, with, um, you know, other podcasters and other people in relationships and so forth to get a different perspective than mine.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know? Right. So, uh, you know, so that's something I'll be working on. And uh, I think that, um you know, uh, everyone will enjoy it, you know, so just uh, keep tuning in and I'm, keep sending me the emails and I'm making changes as I go.
1: that's fantastic. Now, Roosevelt, how long have you been doing the podcasting?
0: I've been doing it for about three years. Um, What happened, I did it two years weekly, and then I went back to school, which is, uh, so it was impossible. I couldn't do it weekly anymore, so I had to do it biweekly. And that was, um, you know, it was still good, but it's not as good. You kind of have to keep it going fresh, at least for me. Right. Um, so a weekly show does for me better, but I just couldn't do it. I was in school, right? Well, Christine, you know what I'm talking about. Right, totally.
1: It. Yeah, it's hard you
0: for know. us. We, we do a
1: weekly show also. Sometimes we'll sprinkle in a bonus one, but it's hard because we both work opposite schedules and we both are, are so busy that it's like for us to even do a podcast, it's a miracle in itself. <laughs> yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, one thing I'm going to try um, – I've been doing it three years, and this I'm going to start trying. I'm going to do recordings in batches. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Record like three, maybe four shows, and then I'll have them ready and just load them up, and um, they're ready to go. So I'm going to try that and see how that works. Well, that's great. That's a good idea. Now, when you first started, um, was it only
1: always a solo show? Did you have anybody, a a co-host or anything?
0: (laughs) No, it was always uh, me. Um, I did the X and Y uh, because, uh, you know, the X chromosome and the Y chromosome. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so that's what it is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got it now. Thank you. <laughs> it, sometimes he he picks up on things a little slow, but. <laughs>
1: Gee, thanks, hon.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's just me. It's just me.
1: Well, that's cool. Yeah, I, I, when we started our podcast, I said I can't. I gotta have a co-host. I got. I gotta be, I have a banter. I gotta have to talk to somebody. I, I don't know if I could talk to the wall or whatever. You know. So but it.
2: but you have guests frequently, so that definitely helps out, right, Roosevelt?
0: Um, actually, uh, I don't. Let me see. I interview maybe twice. Oh, okay yeah and, yeah you uh, sent
1: us that audio clip to edit that one time and i I did my best to send it back
0: to you and uh, yeah yeah sorry about that but <laughs> no no it's not your fault um I, I wish I would have known about clean feed before then I would have done it that way so
1: right right you know, we, we yeah. said we tried a few two different uh, systems before like zoom and uh, we our first interview we ever did it was so bad like the quality was so bad we found out that Google Voice there's a Google voice app you can download for your phone or whatever there oh, is yeah. There was a record feature on it built into it. where We actually record the call, but the quality is so bad. <laughs> like it's yeah. so, it's so downgraded that it's like, we, we played it, we published it, but it was like, ugh, yeah, know?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, so. Yeah.
2: Well, we, what, uh, we are so appreciative of you being on our show and telling our listeners about your show and lending your relationship expertise to us <laughs> as we are preparing to walk down the aisle. I feel like we got uh, a two for, two for one on this because we got your expertise and your musical knowledge as well as free premarital counseling. Thank you. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah,
0: and hey, everything I can help with, I'm glad to do. We appreciate that. I can tell you that much.
2: (laughs) Awesome. So friends, you can find Roosevelt at the XY Show. Subscribe to him wherever you listen to podcasts. Go check him out at Mm thexyshow.com. Check him out on Instagram and Twitter. I promise you will enjoy it. It is interesting and fun. And just be careful, sometimes you might want not want to have little listeners around, <laughs> but it is for adult audiences, and yes, we've yes. appreciated you lending your expertise to us today, right, Chris? That's
1: right. Thank you so much, Roosevelt, for being on our show.
0: No problem. I'm glad to be here, and hopefully um, you invite me back one day.
3: <laughs> awesome. Thanks. All right. With so many podcasts out in the world, you have a plethora of options. Take a chance with Too Many Captains, a movie podcast. Mixing comedy with an academic look at film and Hollywood culture, this podcast is perfect for those looking for a fresh perspective. From deep dives into classic films, to debates on digital streaming versus physical media, and film discussions based on randomly chosen topics in our What Are We Talking About? segments, there's something to satisfy all your movie podcast cravings. So, if you're feeling lucky or feel the need for speed, grab your shaken martini or some fava beans and a nice chianti and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. For more content, visit amoviepodcast.com. Find us on Instagram at Too Many Captains Productions and on Twitter at It's a Film Podcast. Too Many Captains, the jolliest bunch of podcasters this side of the Nuthouse.
1: This is the NostalJunk Podcast, where one person's junk is another person's childhood.
2: I'm Matt McGraw.
1: And I'm Kyle Smith. Join us each week as we take a deep dive into your pop culture consciousness and discuss everything from movies, TV, music, cartoons, toys, video games, and more. And we want to hear from you. So connect with us. Nostalgia means so many different things to so many different people. So share with us your favorite piece of Nostalgia. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Junk Pod, And you can subscribe to us on all the major podcast platforms.
0: Let's get this thing up to 88 miles per hour, and we'll
1: see you next week.
2: Well, that was a super interesting interview, Chris, but it brings up a very important question.
1: Oh, yeah. What's up, baby?
2: Uh, are we doing a prenup?
1: I don't know. Are we?
2: <laughs> I don't know. We. I was thinking about it as I asked that question. Uh, we talked about it before, but we never actually put anything in writing. Like, uh, how do we feel about that? You know
1: what? I don't think we should because I think both of us equally do bring, even though they are things are different, I think we do bring very much an equal wholesomeness of love to the relationship. And I think <laughs> that will be our, our love will... Will be ours. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but uh, no, I think I think I think we'll be okay. Um, it's up to you. I mean, really, whatever you want to do, babe?
2: Well, you know, I don't. I don't think that's a road that I want to go down. I've heard, okay, I've heard different sides of it where people say, "Oh, well, it's like setting yourself up for divorce, or it's like setting yourself up for failure." And I don't look at it that way. But I also, you know, I don't. I don't know if I want to go down that road. Oh well.
1: You know, um, I really don't either because it's more paperwork to do. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm lazy to tell you the truth. <laughs> so I'll probably just like whatever. So I don't want to think about that. So, but anyway. I'm, I'm
2: so excited to marry you. And I'm
1: super excited to marry too, babe. That's, that just sounds amazing. I feel like we are already are married because uh, people think. I almost caught myself calling you my wife uh, a couple times.
2: You know? uh, How does that feel, calling me your wife? It
1: sounds pretty good, actually. To tell you the truth. it makes it more simpler than saying my fiance or my girlfriend that I'm engaged to, or the girlfriend um, <laughs> that you're engaged to. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same thing as a fiance. You know, it just it makes it easier. The that chick way.
2: that shares my driveway. <laughs>
1: the, the chick that parks her car in the driveway once in a while, that stays here once in a while, that I see once in a while um we do a podcast together
2: no um
1: but I, I think it's great it's the next step in life and that's the thing too is that i'm not out there um hitting up the clubs and sorry ladies i'm off the market <laughs>
2: off the market
1: you know although a couple of years back you know but i would have taken up on the offer but not <laughs> right now so i But also on that note i've got kids i'm older now i'm not younger anymore and it's just a natural progression in life for me i think is to just settle down Get married, get established. And I do believe with us, it's more of like a the relationship is a very bonding experience. We're both like best friends Mm -hmm. and and we're both it's all about a team effort. Yeah. It's not because some people get married for a lot of the wrong reasons. Right. A lot of people get married for the, oh, they have a ton of cash and I don't. So I'm going to just Sugar daddy or sugar mama, whatever it is. And then you got the ones that are also like the guy will marry, like, say he's older and he'll marry this hot 20 year old girl because she's arm candy or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a different reason to marry someone too. It's all superficial. I think with us, it's like we're on the same team. We're um, bonded by that unity.
2: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, were you nervous to. Get remarried, like that whole thought, not not like when you proposed to me, but just in general. Was that kind of nerve-wracking for you?
1: Of course it was very, very nerve-wracking. The whole thought of getting married again is is it's like wow, because everything that really hurt me the first time, I thought everything the first marriage, I don't want to downplay and talk too much trash about my previous marriage, but Yeah, don't talk trash. Just speak the truth. Well okay, what's well, is basically trash. But no, <laughs> I'm saying is that like it it was hard. Too, because everything I thought was real like you same thing everything you imagined was true and real was all false and fake to the other person because you got to realize something marriage isn't a one way street right even though you may think with good intentions that I am going to marry this person I love this person I believe that we are going to be good together the other person could be off in lava land thinking about some other guy or some other girl and not even not even being there with you in the moment not even thinking about it And I think that's the problem is that a lot of people can be good salesmen when it comes to this whole relationship stuff. Right. They will sell you on whatever they need to tell you to get the job done. And that job could be they need to be secure. They need a house to live in. They need um, a husband to pay for whatever they want. And that is just wrong. You should really go into the marriage as being a bonding unity. Okay. Maybe like this. is like whether we get married or not – we are still in love and we're still a community. We are still a partnership. Right. And I think that's where I look at it like that's okay if that makes any sense. Probably yeah, it not. kind I don't of know.
2: no, it kind of does. So, you know, that's one of the things that we've talked about before is like the relationship isn't about a wedding. It's not about some big event. Yes, we are having a wedding, but the relationship is about like the foundation that we've built of trust and mutual respect and love and a desire to grow old together and to go through the good and the bad and the ugly. And, you know, we've been going through some really rough stuff the last couple of months, not just COVID related, but, you know, how do we manage chaos and devastation at home when it comes to, um, you know, our like our actual physical home having damage to it? And how do we navigate financial challenges? And how do we navigate difficult decisions like having to cancel our dream wedding and move it here to something that it wasn't quite what we planned. And how do we navigate co-parenting kids and, you know, working with them through their emotions and all of that kind of stuff is, it's not, I think that it's not what everybody talks about in marriage. Like they'll say, you know, your vows, oh, do you love each other for better or for worse? But when you're on your wedding day, you think like for worse is going to be like you broke your fake nail. Like, (laughs) you
1: know, they got your Starbucks order wrong.
2: Right. And not really what, you know, people experience, which is, you know, what if one of us was to lose our job or lose a limb or get diagnosed with some really challenging health condition? Like we have to be in it and supportive and loving through that.
1: You know, what's funny you said about the losing the job part is I remember shortly after I got married the first time I lost my job maybe six months after I got married And I was telling my wife at the time and she was crying and she was saying, OMG, what are we going to do now? Like, I am thinking, well, I don't know. Maybe we'll just uh, figure it out. Maybe we'll just like as a a team. But I I mean, I don't want to downplay it, but it just sounded like it kind of hurt me a little bit, you know, thinking that that maybe this is all on me. Like, like, yeah, I had this bad tournament event, but I'm gonna try to figure a way to get back out there. But if we are a team now that um it's like a car one of the wheels got flat it doesn't mean the car i mean you can still roll it down the road a little bit you right. know, it, it's not completely like stopped forever you know the other the three wheels can keep the car moving right and i think
2: with until a, you can get us to a safe place to fix it right it's, it's a good great analogy it's, right but it's brilliant by yes, the way i'm it's glad, brilliant I, thought, I'm glad of, I thought of it yeah. thank you
1: but it's like with marriage is like your partner should really help out and, and it's about a team, a team effort, you know. So um, just to get you down to the next pit stop of life where you can kind of reset and maybe have that better job, the better career that you need, and then you can um, do what you got to do.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's one of the things that I so appreciate about you is that, you know, we go through hard stuff and we can tend to get emotional in the midst of it and get overwhelmed. But at the end of the day we're committed to making this work and we might get frustrated with each other. as nah, we're
1: we talking about frustrated. <laughs>
2: that happens in every relationship. But at the end of the day, um, you know, being able to hug each other and say, I love you and you're my best friend and we're going to make it through this. And to like help pump each other up and be each other's cheerleader is really important.
1: I'm Christine's cheerleader and uh, hopefully she is mine. She hopefully. is. Psh, you are mine. Thank uh, you. You're welcome. Thank
2: you for fixing that.
1: Well, uh, That's what I do. That's the guy does. He fixes stuff.
2: Right. And, And I would say that, you know, one of the things that I've learned through our relationship is I have had to be a very strong person my entire life and had to handle a lot of stuff on my own. And I think that what's been a real learning experience for me being with you is you're also very strong and independent and strong willed. And I have had to teach myself that it's okay to let go of control and let you be in charge. That's been a really big learning curve for me because I've basically had to like, I mean, I was a single mom for five years. I've had to fend for myself. You know, I had a great support system with my family, but, um, you know, you get this whole if I don't take care of it, it's not going to get done. I know you've mentioned that about yourself before. Right.
1: Right. If I thought I, I took care of everything and I've been single and a single parent and having to be the breadwinner and take care of everything. Same here. Yeah. And, and having to like figure out where we're going to live and I got to make the payments and yep. I got to pay these bills and I got to take care of the kids yep. and I have to go to work and I have to take all this, take care of all the stuff yep. without the help of anybody else exactly. in the picture. So when Christine came in and said, I can help out with half that stuff, and I was like, wait really you can because it didn't compute for me that you could physically not saying not downplaying you right or women i'm just saying that for my
2: it was a different experience
1: right that i was used to where the other person wouldn't do anything and i would do it all
2: right and so i think that that's a big learning curve for us and i I really appreciated talking through some of these relationship topics topics with roosevelt um but one of our biggest learning challenges not learning challenges but like our biggest growth areas is learning how to rely on one another and not feel like we have to be independent. And I think that, you know, we are both realizing that we don't have to be in survival mode anymore. And that's just, I don't know, it's, it's very comforting and also very scary to be able to learn to depend on somebody else again.
1: It is. And it is. And, uh, and on that note, babe, I think we should wrap this up.
2: Yeah, this has been a great show and just been something that I'm going to reflect on for the rest of this week. Oh,
1: that is very fantastic. And I got to say, thank you for listening to this episode. We really appreciate it. And you want to find more about us, you can go to our website. That is ChrisAndChristineShow.com.
2: And that's Chris and Christine with Case.
1: And you can find all the great links. And also, I just put up just this week, for everybody listening, if you head on over to our website... And on the very first page, we you will find there is our link to our podcast player. But right below that, there are two other podcasts that we both were on as guests. And you can hear that whole shows of those two episodes right there on the website.
2: And if you've loved this sh- this show, make sure that you subscribe to our show and you share it with your friends and then hop on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five star review. We love those reviews. And thanks for joining us. We'll see you all back here next week. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret.
1: So love the people who treat you right. Forget about the ones who don't and believe that everything happens for a reason.
2: If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy.
1: They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris,
2: and I'm Christine, and until next week,
1: keep moving forward.